Sawate Discipuli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. What we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be reading another mythology story, and then we're going to talk about the implications, if so, in the modern world. And if not, we'll talk about the ideological understanding, right? And ideological, that's what really all these myths are. Ideological meaning that they explain the unexplainable, and that's what these myths do. That's what all of these stories and parables that and fables that we have throughout our time, history, cultures, that... You know, they spread across the world and they help to explain things that really we don't have an idea where they came from, how they came to be. And, you know, as humans, us humans are always trying to figure out um, and delineating the metaphysical, right? And trying to extrapolate as much as we can because we don't like to not know, right? We want to know the meaning of life. We want to know uh, what's for breakfast and we want to know what movie we're going to watch later on today and we want to know all of these things because we like inherently to control our lives to a certain degree because if we aren't uh, we can sometimes feel a little chaotic right that's where anxiety a lot of the time comes from is looking towards the things in the future that um, you can't control but you're still trying to control them even though you haven't even approached it in time um, but you're still worried about that so what we're going to do is I'm actually going to be reading a story uh, written by James Baldwin. I really love this story. I love James Baldwin in general. He's just such an eloquent writer and the way that he manipulates his diction and writing is just superb. And if you guys have ever seen James Baldwin in any of the interviews on YouTube or anything like that, I urge you to go check him out. He is um, <clears throat> he's an amazing writer, amazing individual in general. And uh, I, I love the dude. Love the dude to the nth degree. Um, and he speaks like poetry as well. That's what I love about it is as he, he, he's very deliberate with his language and you can tell by those interviews that I was mentioning about in the past. So, um, yeah, it comes from his book, old Greek stories. This one is, um, this is about the story of Prometheus and how fire was given to mankind and the, um, the consequences that ensued for Prometheus thereafter, which, you know, it wasn't really his fault. It's just Zeus has to punish everybody because that's just who he is. But, um, yeah, well, unfortunately, bleh. you know, Zeus will be Zeus. He'll be the petty dude that he always is. And we just got to fight the good fight. So with that being said, let's dive on, dive on into this, um, this episode and let's, uh, let's have a good time another story time. So just sit back, relax, you know, sip your coffee, your tea, whatever. Today is June 2nd, 2023. Um, yeah. In those old, old times, there lived two brothers who are not like other men, nor yet like those mighty ones who lived upon the mountaintop. They were the sons of those titans who had fought against Jupiter and had been sent in chains to the strong prison house of the lower underworld. The name of the elder of these brothers was Prometheus, or forethought. Taking a moment here to just interject, pro meaning forth or before or forward, Metheus comes from the Greek um, meaning thought or thinking. So Prometheus literally means a before thought or a forethought. 
for he was always thinking of the future and making things ready for what might happen tomorrow or next week or next year or it may be in a hundred years to come. The younger was called Epimetheus or ap afterthought. Remember, remember like Epipen, Epi can mean upon or after, like an epilogue. For he was always so busy thinking of yesterday or last year or a hundred years ago that he had no care at all for what might come to pass after a while. So taking another minute here, this is what I like to tell my students or ask them. It's coming from your parents, do you typically want to be somebody that uh, thinks before they act or thinks after the fact? And the reason I say that is because every single time I got in trouble as a kid, they all, I was always asked if I had thought before my actions, and I never really did, but also I was a kid, and everything came from a very innocent place. But still, at the end of the day, do you want to be somebody that thinks before they act or thinks after the fact, or at least is preemptive, preemptive thinking about what to expect? Maybe not so much. Anyways, let's get into it. Because in the end of, at the end of the day, I'm thinking that I probably, Prometheus is probably a little bit more insightful of a person. But we have barely gotten to the story, so I'll shut my mouth. For some cause, Jupiter had not sent these brothers to prison with the rest of the Titans. Prometheus did not care to live amid the clouds on the mountaintop. He was too busy for that. While the mighty folk were spending their time in idleness, drinking nectar and eating ambrosia, getting fat and sassy and all that, you know, good stuff. He was intent upon plans for making the world wiser and better than it had ever been before. He went out amongst men to live with them and help them. For his heart was filled with sadness when he found that they were no longer happy as they had been during the golden days when Saturn was king. Ah, how very poor and wretched they were. He found them living in caves and in holes of the earth, shivering with the cold because there was no fire, diving of starvation, hunted by the wild beasts and by one another, the most miserable of all living creatures. So, interjection, imagine. Right now, in this day and age, humans were basically animals. We didn't have fire. We didn't have means for cooking. We ate raw flesh. We didn't have tools because we needed fire in order to construct those tools. So thinking about it, consider Prometheus is looking at humankind and is like, yo, you guys are definitely not thriving. In fact, you're being hunted and or hunting one another in order to survive. That's not really great because at the end of the day, um, that's not who we are now. We're not cavemen anymore. We're not Neanderthal Neanderthals. We're not Homo, homo erectus or we're not, well, we are Homo sapiens, but yeah. If only they had fire, said Prometheus to himself, they could at least warm themselves and cook their food. And after a while, they could learn to make tools and build themselves houses. Without, without fire, they were worse off than the beasts. Then he went boldly to Jupiter and begged him to give fire to men that, so they might have a little comfort through the long, dreary months of winter. And hey, you know what? Stay tuned. Petty Zeus, what do you think he's going to say? 
not a spark will I give, said Jupiter. No, indeed. Why, if men had fire, they, they might become strong and wise like ourselves. And after a while, they would drive us out of our kingdom. Let them shiver with the cold and let them live like the beasts. It is best for them to be poor and ignorant so, so that we mighty ones may thrive and be happy. Prometheus made no answer, but he had set his heart on helping humanity. And he did not give up. He turned away, and he left Jupiter and his mighty company forever. He's, uh, I, I, I think Prometheus is the ultimate homie G. Homie G, not homie G. Homie G. Love him. Great guy. Goes against the grain. He's the black sheep. And as he was walking by the shore of the sea, one morning he found a reed, or as some say, a tall stalk of fennel growing. And when he had broken it, he saw its hollow center was dry, filled with dry, soft pith. And just an example, pith, if you think about it, it's this fibrous material um, that's very flammable. Uh, think about if you open up an orange, for instance, all of that white, you know, webby kind of stuff that you kind of try to bypass uh, to eat the orange. Sometimes you eat the pith as well. Uh, when it's dried up, it's actually very flammable. So going back, he had broken off. When he had broken it off, he saw that its hollow center was filled with a dry pith, like I said, which would sl burn slowly and keep a fire a long time. He took the long stalk in his hands and he started with it towards the dwelling of the sun in the far east. Mankind shall have fire in spite of the tyrant who sits on the top of the mountain, he said. He reached the place of the sun in the early morning, just as the glowing golden orb was rising over the earth and began his daily journey through the sky. He touched the end of the long reed to the flames and the dry pith caught on fire and burned slowly. Then he turned and hastened back to his own land, carrying with him the precious spark hidden in the hollow center of the plant. He called some of the shivering men from their caves and built a fire for them, and showed them how to warm themselves by it, and how to build other fires from the coals. Soon there was a cheerful blaze in every rude home in the land, and men and women gathered round it and were warm and happy and thankful to Prometheus for the wonderful gift which he had brought to them from the sun. It was not long until they learned to cook their food and so to eat like men instead of like beasts. They began at once to leave off their wild and savage habits, and instead of lurking in the dark places of the world, they came out into the open air and bright sunlight and were glad because life had been given to them. After that, Prometheus taught them, little by little, a thousand things. He showed them how to build houses of wood and stone, and how to tame sheep and cattle and make them useful, and how to plow and sow and reap, and how to protect themselves from the storms of winter and the beasts of the woods. Then he showed them how to dig in the earth for copper and iron, and how to melt the ore and how to hammer it into the shape and fashion from it the tools and weapons which they needed in peace and war. 
And when he saw how happy the world was becoming, he cried out, A new golden age shall come, brighter and better by far than the old. So now I'm going to take a minute here and I'm going to set the stage because um, this is where we get the eventual Pandora's box. Because what ends up happening is Prometheus brings fire to humanity. Clearly Zeus didn't want that to happen, as we know. And, uh, well, we know that Zeus is a pretty petty dude. And the thing is, is that he sees, he looks down one day, he sees all the fire, and he sees humanity thriving. And what does he do? Instead of uh, being just like, all right, whatever, he's got to get back at humanity somehow. And also Prometheus. We know that Prometheus ends up having the, 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 the eternal curse or punishment that Zeus gives him of, you know, tying into a rock and having a vulture. Um, pluck out his liver every single day for it just just regenerate and then you know do the same thing day in and day out yeah and and that's really um that that goes to say um um the the liver has a lot of regenerative properties and that's kind of i think that's the ideological myth behind that really because um the liver itself without the liver you're gonna die so you need your liver and you need to take care of that bad boy but you don't really realize how many processes in the body that the liver is actually capable of in fact i'm pretty sure like uh because the you never the you never the liver is so unique a unique liver you never the the liver it's just it's like it does so many things in the body that it can actually regrow to normal size even after up to, I believe, like 90% of it has been removed. So that's why there's those moral implications as well in the, the medicine. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, it, he isn't punished forever because Heracles comes around and saves him and breaks the beak of the, the, the eagle. It wasn't a vulture, it was an eagle, I correct myself. Um, but yeah, so... What does Zeus got to do? Zeus has to be petty, and he's got to punish humanity, but he can't take away fire that's already been given to humanity. So what is he going to do? Well, think about it. The world now is with humans. Humans are thriving. The world is like lollipops, sunshine, rainbows, fairies, all that great stuff. Everybody's living in harmony. There's no war. There's no strife. There's no famine. There's no disease. There's nothing but just happiness and everything like that. So you can think about, well, then... Zeus has to Hephaestus make Pandora. Pandora then becomes Pan meaning all, Dora meaning gifted, becomes all gifted because all the gods give her one gift, first starting with life and then further on all the way leading to curiosity as well as Pandora's box that eventually leads the curiosity to open up that box. And what does that box contain? It contains all the strife, all the struggles, all the famine, all the disease, all the COVID-19 that you can think about, and it's released into the world. And all she can do is she can just quickly close that box to the point where all that is left to be held in that box is hope. We call that space in Latin, space. Um, I think that's where we get special from in a way, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, that's a little bit of a one-off there for me for etymology because I that just kind of like popped into my head there. But um, yes, so you can think about, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when life is full of suffering, it's full of all of these things. Um, we still have hope.
But yeah, so that's what happens essentially is that Prometheus brings fire to humanity, which eventually leads Zeus to get all petty and make up Pandora. And then Pandora is the proxy, aka the scapegoat, as to why we have all of the strife in this world now. So people blame Pandora. I don't blame Pandora. I blame Zeus because Zeus is a little poopy butthole. Um, yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, there's maybe like five or six episodes prior is where I went deep into Pandora's box. I talked about Pandora's box and all of that good stuff. I may even do another episode right after this one, uh, bridging into uh, Pandora's box, but from James Baldwin's perspective, because I just love his writing and I love him in general as a person. Um, but yeah, so yeah, if you didn't know, now you know. And I don't know if there's really any moral implications to be had from Prometheus bringing fire to humanity. I think he was just being a noble dude, to be honest. And he saw how humans weren't thriving and that he just wanted them to thrive. So you know what? He went behind the tyrant. He was the black sheep. And he ends up, you know, taking an L and having to get his liver plucked out every single day by an eagle to just regenerate as to why we now know a, a liver can actually regrow and regenerate after 90% of it has been re removed. That's why it's so problematic that when you present to an emergency room or a physician or whatever with cirrhosis, um, it's kind of a little too late. The amount of damage that has been already done to the liver at that point is a little too late because then you're presenting with probably a distended gut because of all the scar tissue um, and inflammation in the liver, um, despite you maybe being very skinny. Um, you can usually see cirrhosis. Cirrhosis actually comes from kiros in, in, um, in Greek, meaning uh, yellowish or ta tawny brownish color in nature. Um, and that's really what happens. You, you kind of, you get jaundice. Um, and that's basically what happens is, is bilirubin gets secreted into your body. And bilirubin is the chemical that makes your poop brown. So what's happening though, is that that chemical is actually being secreted and, um, in an innervated throughout the entire body, which is why you start getting this yellowish, tawny kind of brown skin like color. Uh, the whites of your eyes become yellow. Um, it's just bad news in general. Um, and that's what cirrhosis is and kiros meaning that yellowish brown color. And that's what you'll look like. And then you're kind of done. Yeah. You can regenerate your liver after having cirrhosis, but, um, you got to be really careful. And for those that don't know what cirrhosis is, that's just basically you get to the point where you have just, um, it's just excessive scar tissue. You've damaged your liver. You're probably a really heavy drinker. You have non uh, fatty uh, or non uh, alcoholic fatty liver disease, maybe as well. You know, a lot of people that are really severely obese can sometimes get that because um, uh, the same thing is happening where your liver is just being inundated with uh, uh, too much inflammation, essentially. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Gotta love me going on my medical rants when I'm just talking about mythology and all that good stuff. So to wrap this whole thing up, I think that really we don't have as much moral implication, but more ideological um, 
understanding to kind of extrapolate from the story, right? Because, um, well, it sets the stage for the liver and why it has such beautiful regenerative properties, aka why Prometheus is going to have, you know, thanks to his liver, he's going to have to deal with that kind of stuff for the rest of his life until Heracles uh, saves him. Um, but it can also just be kind of, it's really a setting of the stage um, to show what eventually happens, right? Because Prometheus is what set, uh, makes Zeus all ticked off and that Zeus has got to do his backhanded getting back at you kind of thing. And uh, that's just what he's going to do, unfortunately. So if you enjoyed this, would love your support. If you haven't already gone over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you can find a way to you know, do a little thumb tappity taps on over to uh, a storage of whatever choosing you want to give me. I, you know, maybe I don't deserve five stars. Um, uh, people also agree because on Spotify, I don't have all five stars. On Apple Podcasts, however, I do. If I pull it up here real quickly because I actually am right in front. Yeah, I have 18 ratings, five stars. We have now released 205 episodes, you guys. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Let's continue to do so. And if you guys can, the, I always like to plug the Apple podcast more because you can leave a rating and you can also leave um, a little blurb. Um, and I appreciate it. And I love it. And I love you guys. And one more thing is that you just got got to remember to love yourself as well and look down and be thankful for your body and and your hands and your arms and your mind. You know, you just inputted all this information in. Whether it you'll retain it, um, stay tuned. I don't know. But at the end of the day, thank you. I appreciate you guys to the nth degree. I, I really do. So appreciate yourselves as well. And until next time, Tempo Sest, Disketeray.